What's up, everybody? It's me, your boy, Ruby Rube. I am coming at you from the Gathering Strength Podcast, located in the beautiful, gorgeous, and expensive Livermore, California. Home to wineries, a rodeo, and a couple crackheads. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening and checking me out. If you're new to the podcast, hey, what's up, my guy? Hey, how you been? You found me. Go ahead and give me a like, a subscribe, and a follow. Come on, gimme, gimme, gimme. And in return, I'm going to be giving you, hey, something to think about. You know, throughout my catalog, my podcast catalog, it's pretty much just a bunch of reflections, thoughts, things that I have thought about, and, you know, some answers to those thoughts that I've thought about that have delivered me from the wilderness, from those dark places, and, man, I've been able to uh, deliver myself into the promised land, my little own promised land, where, man, everything is overflowing, it's in abundance, I'm in the land of milk and honey, God is good, man, you know what, if I never, you know, turn my life over to Jesus Christ, who knows where I would be Who knows who I would be robbing from, stealing from, manipulating. All I know is that the world would be a little bit darker with your boy Ruby Rube not doing those things that, uh, you know, have, have helped me. And a lot of the things that I talk about in my podcast are the things that have helped me. So regardless of where you are at on your path, um... I'm certain that there's something in my podcast catalog that can uh, help you. And if it doesn't help you, you know, maybe it just brings a little bit of laughter. Maybe I made you laugh a little bit with one of my dad jokes or my little uh, fart jokes that I that I tend to uh, still find hilarious all the way into adulthood. Now, if you have been with me along this podcast journey, specifically... You know, within the last week, I just finished running the San Francisco Marathon, and I started, let's see, July 17th, I created a little uh, podcast series called Honor Your Strength, and episode 122, that was the the official kickoff for Marathon Week, and, you know, within the podcast episodes leading up all the way to race day, and then I have a couple of reflections on uh, what I learned about the race, the race experience within itself. Uh, prior to that, I had a bunch of episodes that talked about um, you know, how you can honor your strength by running a marathon, the transformative journey that the marathon takes you on, uh, the personal growth that the participants um, received by running a marathon and, you know, that ultimately the transformative journey that the marathon will, will take you on. And not only do I talk about everything marathon, you know, I, I talk about the history and the allure of the marathon. I talk about on episode 124, the inner flame And that is something that is applicable, you know, not just to running marathons, but to any endeavor 
that you find yourself on, you're going to have to continuously stoke that flame because with the taxes of life, you know, our coworkers, our daily duties, you know, just all of these things have the capacity to diminish us, to reduce our flame. And if we don't do things to stoke that fire, to keep our internal flame burning as bright and as hot as it can, man, that is going to have a... A deleterious effect on our overall well-being. Well, hey, your boy Ruby Rube, episode 124, I teach you and talk about that inner flame. Because, man, if you are a human being who has responsibilities and, (laughs) you know, is someone who wears many hats, it is inevitable that your inner flame is going to get diminished and your boy Ruby Rube has your back. And I talk about that inner flame. So go ahead and check that one out. Episode 125, I tend to take a little bit of a lighthearted approach. And I talk about some of these celebrities that uh, that have run a marathon, such as your girl Oprah Winfrey. You know, she completed a marathon in four hours and 29 minutes. And in the endurance world, you know, uh, there is a little catchphrase. And it's called the Oprah line. If you are, you know, if you want to set your sights on a little goal, hey, maybe set your sights on trying to beat Oprah Winfrey. She beat it. uh, Like I said, she ran the marathon in four hours and 29 minutes. You could do it. You're, You're faster than Oprah Winfrey. But check this out. Go online. And Google um, Oprah Winfrey running a marathon. And man, you know, she was much younger back then. This was like the early 90s. And man, she looked super fit. She looked very strong. And hey, I I wouldn't, uh, don't underestimate that marathon time of four hours and 29 minutes because that's that's still fast. Uh, Not only did I talk about uh, celebrities that we all have come to know and love in episode 125, I talk about some facts about the marathon and running royalty the marathon royalty if you're not familiar with any of the um a few running royalty um you can go check out episode 125 and you can learn about some of these people who have you know brought much grandeur to the marathon uh, uh episode 126 I talk about visualization because, hey, when I created that podcast, that was on a Friday and there was no more workouts to be done. There was nothing that I could do to get stronger by race day, which was, you know, Sunday. So Friday, Saturday, and then race day was Sunday. There was nothing left to do other than visualize and think about and plan and visualize in my mind all of the minute details that can help me have a better overall experience and have an overall better day. And so episode 126, I talk about visualization, flow state, and gratitude. And you know what? Um, once again, I intertwine it with the marathon, but these things, these concepts, visualizing, uh, flow state, and gratitude... Obviously, those things can be applicable into any aspect of your life. 
episode 127, I talk about the marathon in in itself, the race recap. How did I do? I had some goals. Um, if you want to learn what my goals were and if I actually um, accomplished those goals, go check out episode 127. And then episode 128, I, I reflect on the marathon and hey what did I learn what did your boy Ruby Rube learn from running the San Francisco marathon well if you want to learn what I learned you don't you don't need to go out and run a marathon to learn something because guess what your boy Ruby Rube I'm bringing back the nuggets of wisdom for you and the the wisdom that I was able to uh, walk away with you know once again this is applicable to any Uh, endeavor in your life and that is one of the beautiful things about running and the marathon and sports just in general you know they are a metaphor for life and the marathon it is very much a metaphor for your life so uh, go and check out the past catalog and I think that there's a lot of good stuff in there and you know let me know what you think about it leave me a comment and you know tell me what you liked what you didn't like you know i'm just open for criticism so holla at you boy now that i have wrapped up marathon week and the san francisco marathon it is in the rear view mirror i set my sights on having a great race injury free no accidents no injuries no drama now that that is in the rear view mirror hey what what's next well today i'm going to be talking about an old phrase and the phrase goes like this do not rest on your laurels have you ever heard that expression before well if not good because you're going to learn today and we all know what Warren Buffett said, right? Because I, I quote Warren Buffett often. He is one of the most successful investors of all time. And Warren Buffett, he said, the more you learn, the more you earn. And by golly, you going to learn today. So what does that mean? Do not rest on your laurels. Oh, hey, glad you asked. Well, I first heard that expression, you know, I don't know, many years ago. But it went in one ear and out the other. And as time went by and, you know, I was continually learning and expanding my, my knowledge and understanding, I kept on, you know, hearing that, that phrase, do not rest on your laurels, do not rest on your laurels, do not rest on your laurels. And I was tired of not knowing what the hell they were talking about. I was like, all right, laurels, rest on these laurels. And, you know, finally I ended up, um, you know, stopping and, and googling the phrase, and I was able to deepen my understanding on what these laurels were, the origins, the history, and why you would not want to rest on them. So, here is what do not rest on your laurels means. Not resting on your laurels means not being satisfied or complacent with past achievements or successes and continuing to work hard and strive for further accomplishments. It emphasizes the importance of staying proactive, ambitious, and avoiding the sense of entitlement or resting solely on one's past laurels. And these laurels are achievements or accolades. Now, the origin of this phrase dates back to ancient Greece and the Roman Empire. 
In ancient times, a laurel wreath was a symbol of victory and honor. Now, that laurel wreath, it was made from leaves from a laurel tree. It was either a tree or a bush, but apparently they smelled good, you know, so when when people say, you know, hey, smells like victory, or they're able to smell or taste victory, you know, what they're talking about is that laurel wreath. Uh, because that is the symbol of victory. And it was made from the leaves of the bay laurel tree. Oh, I, I guess it was a tree. All right. And it was awarded to victors in various competitions such as athletic games, poetic contests, and military triumphs. The laurel wreath was placed on the victor's head as a crown. And it signified their accomplishment and excellence in their respective fields. According to historical accounts, after winning a competition or achieving a great success, some victors would rest on their laurels quite literally. They would wear the laurel wreath for an extended period, basking in the glory of their victory rather than pushing themselves to achieve even greater feats. Now within that, I see a Saturday Night Live skit. Like here we have a, an athlete, let, let's say a runner. You know, he won the Olympic Games and he's he's soaking in his moment of victory and someone puts the gold medal around his neck and he and he has the laurel laurel wreath placed upon his head and he's waving and he's feeling uh, pride and accomplishment and he's he's gaining um, cheering and, and applause and everyone's like chanting his name. They're like, yeah, go. You're the fucking best. <laughs> right. And then, you know, like a week goes by and you see him, he's, you know, still has on his, his crown of laurel and he's going in to, I don't know, the, the deli, buying a sandwich and he's expecting to get something free. He's like, hey, you see my wreath? Look at, you know, I'm, I'm really good at, at running. You, do you know who you're talking to? Right? That, that type of sentiment. And then a month goes by, still the same attitude still the same laurel laurel wreath and you know as time goes by those laurel wreaths they start to lose their color they were all green and lush but they're starting to become all yellow and brown and the the leaves are crumbling and then a year later all of the leaves have deteriorated it's just sticks there he's you know put like hot glue and he's keeping them together and he's you know, much fatter, and he's much more out of shape. And then, you know, five years from his victory, he's still wearing that crown, 40 pounds overweight, and still feeling entitled like he's the best. And everyone is just like, oh, come on, guy. You are literally resting on your laurels. One of the uh, people who come to my mind is Al Bundy. Now, Al Bundy was a guy from Married with Children, and throughout that series, he always spoke about his four touchdowns that he threw in the city championship when he was a quarterback at Polk High Football. And, you know, that was the one guy who, you know, quite literally rested on his laurels, and it turned into a joke, you know, when someone is resting on their laurels and they talk about their past past accomplishments and they talk about 
you know, the, the days of yore. And they, they talk about what they did in the past. And it's like, oh, I used to be so great. I used to be so good. This and that, yada, yada. And it's like, all right, but what are you doing now? <laughs> you know, these people, they, they can't let go of their past successes. And they want to hold on to that, um, you know, for the, the entirety of their life. Now, going back to that expression, over time, the phrase not resting on your laurels became a common expression to convey the idea that one should not be content with their past successes, but should remain driven and focus on new challenges and further accomplishments. It serves as a reminder to keep working hard and to avoid becoming complacent or stagnant in one's pursuits. Now, why would someone not want to rest on their laurels? Hey, great question. You would not want to rest on your laurels for several reasons. Number one is going to be continuous improvement. If you rest on your laurels and become complacent, you may miss opportunities for personal growth and improvement. By striving for new goals and challenges, you can continue to develop your skills and abilities. Number two is going to be innovation and success. The world is constantly changing, and what brought success in the past may not be enough to sustain it in the future. Embracing new ideas and approaches can lead to further accomplishments and innovations. Another reason why you would not want to rest on your laurels is because of the competitive edge that it brings you. In competitive environments, if you stop progressing, others who are still motivated to improve may surpass you. Staying proactive helps maintain a competitive edge in various fields. Um, relevance. Industries and trends evolve, and what was once popular or groundbreaking might become outdated. Continuing to adapt and evolve helps you stay relevant in your field. Number five is going to be personal fulfillment. Many people find a sense of purpose and fulfillment in setting and achieving new goals. Striving for success can bring a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction. Now here are some historical figures that are believed to have rested on their laurels by becoming complacent after achieving significant success. Number one is going to be Napoleon Bonaparte. After achieving remarkable military victories and becoming emperor of the French, uh, Napoleon's overconfidence and complacency contributed to his downfall. He failed to adapt his strategies and suffered significant defeats leading to his exile. Kodak is a company that rested on their laurels. Remember Kodak, you would take your, your film and you'd have to turn it into like a, a Walgreens or a CVS. Well, Kodak was that film company. Now, the Kodak company was a dominant force in the photography industry, known for pioneering digital camera technology. However, the company failed to capitalize on its own innovations and transition to the digital market, leading to a decline in its business. Now, what happened was Apple, hey, they innovated and they dominated and they took Kodak's lunch. They were the big kid in the playground, the new kid on the block. And they saw Kodak just chilling, eating their Lunchable. And Steve Jobs and uh, Wozniak just went up to him and said, Hey, Kodak, you going to eat that? And Kodak, Kodak was like, uh, Yeah, I was planning to. And then, bam! Apple just hammered them and took their lunch. A blockbuster. They were another one that was caught slipping 
Blockbuster was once a leading video rental chain with thousands of stores worldwide. However, the company failed to embrace the shift to digital streaming and on-demand services, which ultimately led to its bankruptcy. Now, hey, Blockbuster, guess who took their lunch? Netflix. Now, one of the key characteristics of resting on your laurels is, you know, you lose your competitive edge and you lose your um, relevance. Uh, industries that industries and trends evolve and what was once popular or groundbreaking might become outdated. Now, I'm not sure um, if Blockbuster took the lunch of the person before them, but hey, because they failed to get into the digital streaming space, Netflix, they went and took their lunch. Now, those companies that I just mentioned, those are just a few examples that illustrate the importance of staying proactive, adaptive, and innovative. Success is not guaranteed to last if individuals or organizations become complacent and fail to keep pushing forward with new ideas and strategies. Now, I mentioned companies and some historical figures, but how does that how does that relate to the everyday man? Because, you know, after all, I'm an everyday man. You're an everyday man. You know, we're no different than these historical figures or these companies. We may not have our own business or a CEO, but hey, guess what? We're the CEO of our own finances, of our own business. My business is my business. I am the chief financial um, a person in my company. I am, I, I'm a small business. And if I don't, or if I rest on my laurels, you know, I'm going to have my lunch taken by someone else who is more hungry, who is more competitive, by someone who is more relevant. And now I'm going to be relating how resting on your laurels can impact the everyday man. Now, the concept of resting on your laurels can be applied to the everyday man after he achieves significant life milestones, such as getting a job, getting married, and starting a family. In this context, it refers to becoming complacent and stagnant in his personal and professional life instead of continuing to strive for personal growth, improvement, and new accomplishments. Now, here's how it might manifest in different aspects of your life. Number one is going to be your career. After securing a job, the everyday man might feel content with his current position and stop seeking opportunities for career advancement or skill development. He may settle into a routine, not pursuing promotions or additional responsibilities that could lead to further growth. Now, to each his own, um, this is something that is going to be subjective, but here's a, you know, a quick little story that has come into my mind. Uh, there was a time in my mid-20s, I was a, a, a delivery guy, and I used to have to deliver to a Rite Aid. And now the person who would you know, check me in, he was a person who wore many hats. He was like a, a cashier. And uh, he was the person also to, you know, scan in the, the product that I was bringing in. And throughout the time that I was delivering to him, I, I, I got to know him a little bit better. But he was about like 40 years old and he was still just a simple cashier at a Rite Aid. And he was working there for about 15 years. And I was like, man, you know, one, you know, to each his own. Um, if he was happy there, you know, hey, good, great, grand. But, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, as a grown man, to just be a, a cashier for 
15, 20 years, you know, he's probably still there right now. And, you know, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I have in, in my spirit to not settle for something like that. You know, uh, I, I don't know what it is exactly, but something about that. I'm going to have to uh, get deeper and explore, you know, why, you know, I would not be complacent with you know, something like that. I don't know. Like, I, I, I guess it's because I, the things that I want is going to cost a little bit more money. And if you, I, if you want to, you know, be a family man and be able to provide uh, things for your family, you know, you're going to have to step up your income. And one of the ways that you step up your income is by, you know, taking on new skills, by taking on a new job, a new role, by offering more value. And the way that you offer more value into the world is by becoming a better person. Another way that a everyday man can rest on his laurel, which is going to bite him in the ass, is going to be relationships. Once married with the family, the everyday man might assume that the relationship is stable and neglect the need for continuous effort to nurture and strengthen it. He might stop putting in the same level of thoughtfulness and attention that was present during courtship. Now that's something that I can relate to because as a young man, when I started to you know, um, when me and my wife got engaged, some of the older men in my life, they would say things like, hey, now you don't need to go to the gym anymore. You're not going to have time to go to the gym. You're, you have your wife now. Good job. Now you can just, you know, they would pat on their tummies and they say, now you can just be fat just like me. And, you know, everyone laughed. It was a joke. It was taken lighthearted, uh, lighthearted. But I was like, hell no, <laughs> that's not what I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, I believe that if you are in a good marriage, you know, it's supposed to make you a, a better person. You're supposed to want to be the best person that you can for your significant other. You're not supposed to, you know, work hard on yourself as a single person and then, uh, and then trap someone and then just let it all, all hang out. Yeah, at, at least that that's not something that I believe to be true. Yeah, you are supposed to get more you know comfortable with the person who, who you are with. But at the same time, you want to give and be your best. And, you know, that's something that really drives me to do the things that I want to do is, you know, I, I want my wife to be proud of me. I want my wife to, you know, brag about me. I want my wife to, you know, be, be proud of me. And, you know, I believe that, you know, one of the many ways that my wife can be, you know, proud of me is if, you know, I'm taking care of myself to the best of my ability And if we were to go back to, you know, some of the pitfalls that um, resting on your laurels can entrap in, in, in you with, um, I had spoken about, let's see, how the competitive edge, you know, when a man and a woman become married, you know, they are still people. 
They still have their wants and their needs and their desires. And if you get complacent in your relationship and you let yourself go and you don't tend to the things that, you know, that made you attractive in the first place, hey man, you're going to lose your competitive edge. And guess what? Someone else is going to be stepping in. You're going to lose um, relevance. You're going to, you know, stop doing what was once popular and you're going to become outdated because you're going to not adapt or evolve and you're going to lose relevance and your wife is going to be like, man, who's this guy? I didn't marry this guy. What happened to the guy that I married? And let's see, uh, not resting on your laurels is important because continuous improvement Now, in your marriage, if you are not continuously improving yourself, if you're not learning from your mistakes, if you're just doing the same old, same old, that's going to bite you in the ass. Innovation and success, you know, you're going to have to learn some new moves. Those dance moves that you got, you know, your wife to dance with you or when you're in the club, when you're all freaking her from from behind and fist pumping and hooting and hollering, you know, you're going to have to learn some new moves. You're going to have to learn some new techniques. And if you don't, hey, that is you resting on your laurels, competitive edge. Hey, guess what? You're going to have to keep up with your finances, with your goals, with your everything. If you don't You know, keep up to date with what's going on. You know, not only is that does that have potential to hurt you, but it has potential to man break up your marriage. Like I said, people they aren't perfect. Um, You know, we we need to continually work on ourselves so that we can um, become and evolve continuously for what's better. As someone continually rests on their laurels, uh, they're going to stop growing. The responsibilities of work and family can consume much of the everyday man's time and energy. As a result, he may neglect his own personal growth and hobbies and lose sight of his individual passions and interests. I can relate with that because when I was growing up, I thought that you know when you become a parent... You get old, all of your attention goes to the kids, you give them everything, and etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. But, you know, what I've come to realize is that as a man, as a evolved man, as a smart man, as an efficient man, you're supposed to get better with your time. You're supposed to learn from your mistakes. You're supposed to be able to analyze with introspection on what works, what doesn't work, where are you wasting your time, where are you wasting your resources, where where is all this waste coming from? How come you have no time at the end of your day? And, you know, the status quo dad, the status quo mom, because they are so tired at the end of the day, because, you know, for for many reasons, um, I, I find that, the stereotypes of, you know, the, the dad bod or not having time to take care of themselves, to not do anything, that is bullshit. Um, I don't find that to be true at all. Here I am, a 39-year-old, hairy, red-blooded American man, and I'm out, you know, doing Ironmans, running marathons, PRing, writing books, creating podcasts, 
doing all of these things while still fulfilling my my fatherly duties, my husbandly duties. Uh, I'm a homeowner. I, you know, I, I have a, a couple little side hustles. I'm able to do much more because I have let go of all of the bullshit that was robbing me of my time and my energy. And a lot of people, they ask me, they're like, Ben, how do you, where do you find the time? And I'm just like, you know, hey, hold on. I'm going to pull up a little statistic because I, I have been tracking uh, my, my alcohol consuming habits and I'm going to share with you how much time I have been able to save by not consuming alcohol. Now, as of today, I have been sober for one year, eight months, and 25 days. Now, the main goal wasn't to become sober. You know, alcohol has been in my life since I was born, my, my grandfather, he was a raging, stereotypical, abusive alcoholic. And, you know, there was a time in my life where I was re- reflecting on my life. And I came to the conclusion and I realized, I was like, man, you know, for the last two decades, I have drank probably every single weekend for two decades. And I was like, man, all right, I need to get a grip on this. So for the last one year, eight months, and 25 days, uh, that is uh, 633 days. My last drink was on October 30th, 2021. Let's see. I have been able to save $2,170. Now, I I did some ballpark figures uh, where I was drinking like one beer, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Some days it would be more, some days less. But it was an average of $24 per week. My beers, they would cost, you know, $8. So $8.16.24. And I've, uh, through that time, I've been able to save $2,170. Now, the actual time that I saved is 271 hours. Now, that is, so I, I figured... Uh, hypothetically speaking, you know, a moderate amount of time or the average amount of time that I would spend drinking would be three hours per week. With those three beers, I, I calculated, all right, I would spend one hour drinking per beer and I would factor in, you know, going to the store, nursing a hangover, you know, just chilling, babysitting a beer. I was like, all right, three hours per week. You know, sometimes it would be more, sometimes it would be less so within that time, that one year, eight months, I saved 271 hours. Now on a monthly, um, on a monthly savings, that is 13 hours per week that I was able to save. Now per year, that is 156 hours per year that I have saved by not drinking. Now, what would you do with an extra 156 hours? Now, the question that you need to ask yourself is, do you want to have more time? Or are you so much holding on to those drinks and that beer or whatever vice it is, whatever bad habit you have, it's costing you time and money. Now, what do you want to have more of? Do you want to have more time and money? Or do you want to have more of your vice? Now, um, 
I came to the conclusion that, man, I'm not missing out on drinking any more alcohol. I'm not missing out on nursing any more hangovers. What I'm missing out on is being super strong. What I'm missing out on is being super disciplined. And I truly believe that if I would have not um, sacrificed alcohol, I wouldn't be running these marathons. I wouldn't be doing these Ironmans. I wouldn't be writing these books. I wouldn't be doing these podcast episodes because I wouldn't have the time or energy. I would just be, you know, same old, same old. I'd be status quo. And now because I've been able to sacrifice those things that were hindering my growth, I have more time and more money. And now I'm able to reinvest that time and money into my life. And that is what a a startup company does. You know, a CEO, they take their profits and they reinvest it back into their company. And while I may not have a Fortune 500 company with employees and, you know, this and that, you know, I have my own little small business, the business of Ruby Rube, the, the business of me. Now, going back to not resting on your laurels, financial planning. After settling into a stable job and family life, the everyday man might become complacent with his financial planning. He may not take the time to reevaluate and adjust his financial goals, investments, and saving strategies regularly. Health and well-being. With the demands of work and family, the everyday man might overlook his physical and mental well-being. He may neglect regular exercise, healthy eating, habits, and emotional self-care. Now, if you are like me, you know, you you started out young, right? <laughs> you started out in your 20s and you had all these desires and these goals. You're like, you know what? I want to get a good paying job. All right. And then, now you got the job. Check. I want to save some money. All right, you save some money. Check. You know, maybe you want to have a wife and a kid. You got those wives or the wife and kid. Check and check. And now you got the house. Check. You have it all now. Right? Everything you worked for. And now you believe that it's time for you to rest on those laurels. You rest on the accomplishments rather than striving continuously and evolving for what's better. And the reason why, you know, you are potentially overweight, uh, you are, you know, embittered more than enlightened. Uh, Perhaps you don't have as much money. You look at your bank and you're like, man, where the hell did all my money go? You know, hey, maybe you are resting on your laurels. You're going to have to learn something new, my guy. Now, lifelong learning. When you rest on your laurels, you stop lifelong learning. After completing formal education, the everyday man might stop seeking opportunities for learning and personal development. He may, he may not pursue further education, attend workshops, or engage in activities that challenge his mind. A social circle. Settling into a family-oriented lifestyle, the everyday man may reduce social interaction with, with friends and acquaintances outside of his family circle. He may miss out on the benefits of diverse social connections. You know, this is the one thing that I am weak in, and I, I think that a lot of it has to do with is that, you know, I don't know a lot of men who are you know, on the same wavelength as me. And I find that if you so associate and coalesce with, you know, guys who are just barbecuing and binge drinking, well, man, you know, that's going to be robbing me 
of my inner flame. You know, uh, stupid is is as stupid does, and it's not going to be too too long until I start doing those same things that you know was was keeping me out in the wilderness. And you know, so it's one of the things that you know I have been you know praying for is you know to be blessed with men who are goal oriented, the ones who are you know strong, the buff mind, the buff spirit, the buff body, and the buff bank. And it's it is challenging to find men out there who have the same goals, values, and and passions as as I do. So rather than, you know, hanging out with, with the pigeons and the, and the chickens, you know, this, this lone wolf is going to soar all, all by himself like a mighty eagle. Yep, that's right. I'm a lone wolf and an eagle at the same time. And man, I, I can't be plucking around with these chicken heads. Now, it's important to note that there's nothing inherently wrong with establishing a stable and fulfilling life with a job, a marriage, and your family. The issue arises when complacency sets in and one becomes resistant to change or growth. To avoid resting on your laurels, the everyday man should regularly assess his goals, seek new challenges, and remain open to personal development. Striving for a balanced and fulfilling life involves consistent effort to evolve and adapt to the challenging circumstances and demands of life. Now, I'm going to be hanging my hat on this podcast episode by giving you some tips to avoid resting on your laurels. Now, this is going to require self-awareness, motivation, and the willingness to embrace continuous improvement. Now, here are some strategies to help you avoid complacency and keep you striving for what is better. Number one is going to be set ambitious goals. Establish clear and challenging objectives for yourself. These goals should be achievable, but also push you beyond your comfort zone. Having specific targets to work toward will keep you focused and motivated. Number two is going to be track your progress. Regularly monitor your progress toward your goals. Tracking your achievements and milestones can provide a sense of accomplishment and help you stay on course. Embrace learning and growth. Cultivate a growth mindset that welcomes learning and development. Be open to acquiring new skills, knowledge, and perspectives. Seek out opportunities for uh, personal and professional growth. Seek feedback. Be receptive to feedback from others. Constructive criticism can offer valuable insights into areas where you can improve. Don't be defensive. Instead, view feedback as a chance to refine your approach. Stay humble, my guy. That's tip number five. Recognize that past achievements do not guarantee future success. Stay humble and avoid developing an entitlement mentality. Acknowledge that there is always room for improvement. Avoid comparisons. While it's essential to recognize and learn from other successes, avoid comparing yourself to them in a way that leads to complacency or self-doubt. Focus on your journey and your progress. Celebrate achievements modestly. It's okay to celebrate your accomplishments, but do so with humility. Avoid dwelling on past successes for too long and use them as motivation to tackle new challenges. Create a supportive environment 
Surround yourself with individuals who inspire and challenge you. A supportive network can encourage you to keep pushing forward and hold you accountable. Number nine is going to be seek new experiences. Step outside your comfort zone and explore new opportunities. Try different things. This can lead to unexpected discoveries and foster personal growth. And the last but not least is going to be reevaluate and adjust. Regularly reassess your goals and strategies. If something isn't working or if you achieved a milestone, be willing to adjust your approach and set new targets. Remember that preventing complacency is an ongoing process. It requires self-discipline and a commitment to personal development by staying proactive and embracing continuous improvement. You can avoid resting on your laurels and continue to achieve meaningful success in your endeavors. Now, I'm going to hit y'all with a quote from Seneca because it is one of my favorite quotes and it is applicable to today's podcast. Now, Seneca said a long time ago, as long as you live, continuously learn how to live. That'll do it for today's podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to give me a like, a subscribe, and a follow. Gimme, gimme, gimme. And until next time, it's onward, always onward.